Welcome to Beyond the Balance Sheet, the podcast that helps advisors, clinical professionals, and affluent families understand the complexities of issues related to our mental, physical, and emotional well-being. Our co-hosts, Arden O'Connor and Diana Clark, will interview a series of guests on a range of topics, providing informative content and practical tools for professionals and families to consider. Here are your hosts, Arden and Diana. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Balance Sheet podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Jamie Weiner, a psychologist and the founder of Quest for Legitimacy. He has interviewed a many rising generation individuals from across the world, starting with a simple question, what is it like growing up in the land of giants? And what he has found has been translated into information and advice. And today we're going to talk about that. So Dr. Weiner, Jamie, let's talk about, <laughs> let's start with how did you um, initiate this quest? So a number of years ago, um, I was working with a lot of families and it occurred to me that every time I met with the family and I began to um, meet the rising gen, the younger generation, which, which could have been, you know, a lot of times it's associated with very young members of the family, but it seemed to be true even with people into the 40s and 50s where they had a unique struggle. And my thought was that a lot of people talk about what is it, is it important to be in the business? What are you gonna do with wealth? And I really wanted to begin by asking, what is it like growing up in the land of giants? So that I can get a sense of the experience of being part of that world. And nobody ever asked me, what did I mean by the land of giants? interesting that they wouldn't ask that. What are some of the most poignant answers you have heard? Well, they're all a little bit different. Um, and they're the same because we eventually discovered a pattern. So one of the individuals I interviewed was um, Henry Kaiser, um, who at the time was 75 years old. So he was really looking back into a retrospective. And he talked about the experience of sitting with his grandfather, probably one of the most prolific and successful men of the Industrial Revolution, right before his marriage and knowing that his dad was on, his grandfather was on his deathbed. And it was, a conversation where he felt his whole life had been prepared to take a role and they couldn't get at um, that conversation. So it was either things like that. And then one of the other interviews we did, um, somebody told us a story about being fired by email um, by his father after having invested many years of um, helping out in the family business. Wow, that's pretty cold. Yeah. So what is the book, The Quest for Legitimacy? <laughs> Love the title. Yeah. Tell me about the book. Um, 
says that the subtitle is How Children of Prominent Families Find Their Unique Place in the World. The book is really about, and it's filled with stories, the intention was that the audience really be rising gen family members. And so um, the goal was for it to be engaging. And um, the book includes some of my own stories as a rabbi's kid. It focuses on the issues about being prominent rather than the issues about being in a wealthy family because we discovered there was a lot of similarity and that it was a much more meaningful focus. Um, and in the book, we talk about breaking moments, which I'd be glad to talk about more, but we also talked about um, um, a path that we discovered that was true for all of the, the rising gen family members um, we interviewed. Well, do tell. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the breaking moments, particularly given the nature of our conversation, is, you know, I'm a psychologist. I worked at Cook County Jail. I've spent a lot of my life. I've had private practice, et cetera, et cetera. I've worked with victims of crime. And I wanted to get at um, what's normal. And what we found is that everybody who we interviewed um, had... Um, significant breaking moments, moments where there was a disruption between what they anticipated that their life was going to be and how it um, turned out. And these moments were, fear, uh, were followed by what I call periods of liminality, of feeling betwixt and between. And it's important um, because I think that's moments where people rush to, oh my God, how terrible it is and all of that stuff. Um, getting fired by email is not a good experience. But those are also potentially the moments where growth can happen and where the ability to begin to restructure your life can exist. And when I discovered breaking moments, I also realized the breaking moments in my own life. And I look back at all the different populations that I worked with, at, with and realized that it's, it's a significant um, human experience that um, we don't completely understand. So do some of these breaking moments translate into estrangement in the family systems or are these usually internal breaking moments where the vision of self and future are shifting? Rishi, the gentleman who was fired by email, um, stopped talking to his parents for two years. Um, so that is one extreme. During that period of time, he completely restructured what he was doing with his life, got a um, position to teach in a university in Canada, and made the decision on his own. His parents was, one was Indian, so there was a cultural thing going on, and his, his mom was Canadian and, and um, far more um, 
independent thinking, even though she had found her role. And after two years, he went and he knocked on the door of his parents and his dad answered. He had no idea what the response would be. And his Indian father looked back at him and said, I'm so glad you did, did this. I never would have. And it was the beginning of really a, transform, a transformation in the relationships. But I also have examples where there were breaking moments and there was still a close bond between family and um, the rising gen family member. And so it's, it's quite a range. If you were advising parents of rising gen members, and I know this may go a little far afield, but just curious, what about your research um, engenders certain kinds of advice to parents about rising generations? You know, I think that question also really connects with, with uh, the period we're in. Um, Far more often, I'm running into parents who are very, very scared about their the, the, what's going on with the rising gen. They also have far more information. There's far more about um, learning disabilities, and you know, it's it is probably the most observed generation that's coming up, which makes it very hard for um, parents of rising gen um, to to say you know what, they need to have their own quest. And particularly in families where there's a lot of wealth and there may be family governance, there may be meetings, there may be all kinds of other things that are going on. It's hard to see that the growth and development of somebody over a period of a lifetime is still about them being able to discover who they are and how they're going to empower themselves. Right, their own sense of purpose, right? It goes back to Frankel's book, Man's Search for Meaning. Everybody has to find their own sense of purpose in order to function at their best or survive the most difficult, right? And that book is a great example. You know, he lived through being in a concentration camp and so he really um, was it lived in in probably the most horrible circumstances you can, and he came out finding that meaning and purpose were important. Um, and I, I think that's really true. Whether I was working with psychiatric patients at Cook County Jail, whether I was working with middle class people or whether I was working with families that need to feel purpose and like you found yourself, whatever that is, is just, mm -hmm. it's sort of the center of what's the most important in our lives. So are you finding that the rising generation is having difficulty finding a sense of purpose with so much information and so much stimulus? just narrowing down purpose when options are so abundant? Well, let's start with the fact that in, in college campuses, a third of um, all college students 
seek out some kind of mental health treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it would be one thing if it was about hearing voices and seeing things. They're, they're coming to college campuses and they're talking about loneliness. They're talking about anxiety. They're talking about depression. One of the, the gentlemen we interviewed realizing um, what his family had to offer him um, felt overwhelmed by the number of choices that were there and um, came home for a year. And after a year, um, began to rise again out of the struggle he was in, went back to school, ended up getting an advanced degree. Um, Very sharp gentleman. He just, he needed that time to sort out um, who he was rather than what he felt he needed, uh, was expected of him. Good for him. Do you think that a, just as a tangential question, do you think kids could delay and take a gap year before college would be a helpful process for our youth? Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's what's done with that time. You know, it, whether it's a gap year or whether it's people talking about before you go in the family business working for somebody else, it it's it's all for me much more about the personal quest, how much you use that time. The third phase that I, I outline in the book is called exploration. It's a period where you've moved further away from family. Family is much more internal. And so gap year, all the experiences that you can have during that period, and a lot of that's culturally fixed too, but that's really the time where um, you can begin to discover yourself and you can begin to sort out what you learn growing up from what you're getting as you begin to experience the world. Mm -hmm. Are you noticing this inquiry is getting later and later or do you think it's pretty much the same as when we were having it or I was having it? I shouldn't put you in my generation, but I think I am. You probably are, but uh, um, I I have to chuckle because um, I grew up in the term adolescence meant something. I don't think it has the same meaning anymore. I think we've transitioned to the term emerging adult and who knows when emerging adult ends. Um, There's a certain nice part to all of that because it does allow room for exploration, but it also in terms of finding yourself and defining yourself in some way delays it and um and you may make it with more 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 information by that point um that's why the book is called the quest because i really wanted to focus on the internal um path because um it's both external but it's also internal it's what you do during that time I like it. I'm looking forward to reading it. Is it 
uh, inappropriate for a woman my age to think that I'm still on a quest just like everybody else? I love that question probably more than anyone in the US. I think I have even a couple years on you. I, I feel like, and I've done things that have been successful. I feel like writing this book and publishing this book has been the step that's made me feel more legitimate than I've ever felt before in my life. So on a very personal level, I don't think it's age fixed. I think rising is a lifetime pursuit. Um, yeah. So I hope we're both doing it. I do too. I do too. I like to think that rising gen folks are developing a quest for a chunk of their life and that there can be flexibility on that quest as we change, right? Yeah, because the other thing that, that happens more and more is you may have a breaking moment in your mid-20s, but then something happens when you're 35 or 40 that also kind of you know goes, whatever it is. Um, divorce is a big one. I have a chapter on women. Um, I think it's harder than for women because they, they have even more tasks to, to wrestle with during the course of their lifetime. Um, that chapter has three absolutely different examples uh, of women who um, are finding themselves. Um, Can you share a quick one? Sure. Fifth generation um, family um, from Ireland. Um, they were one of the first families to build independent housing. Um, it's a cute one. Um, her grandfather had said, if there's ever gonna be a woman in the boardroom, she's gonna be serving tea. And sure enough, um, first time she was in the boardroom, she wasn't serving tea. She got her position on the board. Um, she was, just had, had a baby a couple of weeks before. So she was still a little kind of sorting life out after having a baby. And um, she ended up working the business. She ended up being the first woman in five generations ever to have stock or ownership in the business. Um, she's gone on to help other generations. Um, it's a powerful story. Um, but, you know, she had to wrestle with being on the board, finding a role in the business, raising children. There were just, there were more variables. And, and women of a certain age also have to look at how do I behave in the boardroom in ways that are consistent with who I am and what has always been expected of me. There's a difference. Yeah, you got it. And she clearly talked about working harder, making sure she knew all the material and understand it in depth. Um, so she couldn't rest on any laurel. She had to really show um, her mettle to be there and earn the right to be there. So what other 
tidbits from the book would you like to tease us with before we close today? Yeah. Um, so there's a there's another t uh, uh, chapter in the book that I think is is an important one to talk about. Um, I wrote a chapter about um, the giants as mortals, and um, and I happen to love the story about the Wizard of Oz. I like the moment that T Toto pulled back the curtain and we saw that the wizard. Um, and I think it's a pretty globally well-known story. The wizard is exposed as a human being and his gift after everybody's sent off on their quest to um, get the broom from one of the um, witches, their, their quest is to, to prove themselves. And what he has to offer is acknowledgement that they already have their gifts. And um, I think at that moment, when the giants become human, and where there's an opportunity to talk about real experiences, is transformational. And um, I think when you're growing up, I, I know as a rabbi's kid, I lost sight of that. Um, and, you know, my dad had leukemia, it was diagnosed. Hit it for a number of years, so we we don't have those kinds of conversations really easily between generations. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a beautiful way to end this in terms of pulling back the curtain. Everybody is human with their own gifts, and it's sort of on our, incumbent on us to figure out what they are and move them forward. Right? That's the quest. That's the quest, and. You know, it's been great talking about it with you. So thank you. Thank you. And for our audience, thank you for joining us today for Beyond the Balance Sheet podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode or any others, please like us on your platform of choice. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Balance Sheet, a podcast designed to help advisors, clinical professionals, and affluent families solve some of their biggest medical, psychiatric, and emotional challenges. Visit beyondthebalancesheet.com to read more about our guests and resources and sign up for our newsletter.